0: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm very excited about today's show. Today I'm gonna be joined by Nick Robinson, who is the co-author of Stumble Upon for Dummies. We're gonna explore how to use Stumble Upon for your business. I'm also gonna answer a caller question about managing multiple social media accounts and whether it's smart or whether they should be consolidated. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and transition to that question right now.
0: Deep from within a remote jungle village, here's this week's social media question. Hi there, my name is Hillary Boyd. I'm the marketing director for a company called Fit for Mom. My question is involving management of our social media pages. Um, Our company used to be called Stroller Strides, and in August of this this year, we renamed the company Fit for Mom to be more of an all-inclusive company name and kind of an umbrella brand for our three sub-brands. During that renaming process, we added new social media pages for the new name Fit for Mom, but we did not take away any of our sub-brand pages. So my question is, I have four Facebook page, three Facebook pages now. I'm trying to manage them all and put interesting, relevant content on all of them. I wonder if it would be more effective to consolidate them to one Facebook page and um, or not. The issue is is our old brand was called Stroller Strides. That has much more name brand recognition. That page has about 16,000 plus likes. Our new name, Fit for Mom, has about 2,500 likes. So just curious as to what to do. We also have four Twitter accounts. I guess the question is, is it better to have one, one account that you can be really active on or have three accounts that you can be more specific on? Thank you so much. Really look forward to hearing your answer.
1: Thanks so much for that question. And, you know, for you listening right now, what's your answer to this question? Uh, It's an interesting question, isn't it? Because if you are the sole person managing multiple Facebook and Twitter accounts uh, for your company, does it make sense to, A, consolidate them all and make your life a little easier? But in, in the, you know, in return, Appeal to some of the people some of the time because obviously the interests are different, or does it make sense to keep them separate, ensuring better appeal? And then, of course, on top of this, you've got brand name recognition, some pages have more fans than others. How would you recommend um, Hillary address this issue? Well, I'm going to tell you my thoughts. I I think it comes down to resources in the end. The real question you have to ask yourself is, can you as a marketing director also manage all of these different channels? And it sounds like these channels are somehow organized by product or service, and it sounds like the target audience for each one of them is a little different. And I think what it really does come down to is as a, from a marketing principle, it always makes sense to be more focused rather than broad and less focused. Because if you're more focused, then when someone is engaging or deciding to click the like button, they're going to see highly relevant content for them. But if you're less focused, then people are probably not going to be as engaged. And in the end, it's going to hurt your brand. So part of the thinking, I think, that any business, including you that's listening right now, need to ask yourself is, you know, if our business is in the uh, business of having different products with different audiences, does it make sense to have that nice big number on Twitter and that nice big number on Facebook and have some social proof going on there? Or does it make more sense to go for the bigger prize, which is to have a really engaged audience that feels like they're part of a loyal community? And I think that deep down, if you admit it, the fact is that it's always better to have a highly focused effort on whatever that, whatever you do. And it does ultimately mean more resources. So is it more efficient to have one page? Absolutely. Is it more effective to have one? Absolutely not. That's my opinion. I would love your thoughts on this and I'll tell you a little later how you can leave your comments in the show notes and and tell me what you think. Now, if you want to leave a question for possible inclusion in a future episode of this podcast, the easiest way to do this is to visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash voicemail. I want to go ahead and share one other thing with you right now.
0: Join 2,000 fellow marketers at the mega conference designed to inspire and empower you. Social Media Marketing World 2014. Brought to you by Social Media Examiner. You'll rub shoulders with, with the biggest BS names and brands, brands in social media. Soak up countless tips and new strategies. And enjoy extensive networking opportunities in San Diego, California. Pick for more than 60 expert led sessions. Network aboard a naval aircraft carrier. Meet industry leaders Chris Brogan. Most
2: Smith, Jay Bear and Michael
0: Hyatt. Don't miss the industry's largest conference. Discount tickets are limited. Visit social mediaworld14.com to secure your ticket today.
1: Couple quick uh, updates for you. First of all, you definitely want to make sure you get your tickets before the year is up because uh, it's clearly heading towards a sellout. But the more important reason is because the discounts are are significant and they go up pretty dramatically by the end of the year. Uh, As a matter of fact, they're going up a little bit at a time on a regular basis. But what I want to share with you is actually um, a little bit more. There are four different tracks that this conference is organized in, and they are as follows. The social tactics track, the social strategy track, the community management track, and the content marketing track. And some of these tracks are so large that they actually have multiple subtracks inside of them. But I just want to give you an example. In the social tactics tracks, if you just take Facebook, for example, I just want to share with you some of the leading experts in the world that are coming to this conference just to talk about Facebook marketing as one example. You've got Mari Smith, who's going to be talking about how to convert fans into customers. Amy Porterfield is going to talk about how to use Facebook to grow your email list. Yes, that's very possible. John Loomer is gonna talk about how to do advertising, advanced advertising techniques with Facebook. Rick Mulready is putting together a panel of big brands and how they are using Facebook. And Andrea Val is examining how big and successful Facebook pages do community management. So this is just an example of the types of things just digging down granularly. So check out the conference, be sure to watch the videos and the testimonials and all the great stuff at socialmediaworld14.com. With that, let's transition over to today's expert interview.
0: Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide.
1: I'm very excited to be joined today by Nick Robinson. If you don't know who Nick is, he's the co-author of the book, Stumble Upon for Dummies, and he's also the social media channel manager for SAP Americas. Nick, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's uh, I've followed Social Media Examiner for quite a while, since uh, 2010, so it's an honor to be on your show.
1: Well, thank you so much. Um, today, Nick and I are going to explore how you can use StumbleUpon to discover shareable content and also to drive more traffic to your own content. Nick, let's start by kind of explaining a little bit about what StumbleUpon is for those who are not familiar with it. How would you describe it and what makes it different from some of the other social networks that are out there?
2: Sure. So at its core, StumbleUpon is a content discovery engine. So what does that mean? It's basically a search engine and a bookmarking site all in one. So if you're looking to bring exposure to your content online, be it a website, blog post, video, infographic, et cetera. Stumble Upon is a great fit for many businesses, so I think, and many people will agree that the d- the key differentiator is that um, there's this button called Stumble. So basically, it, it takes you directly to a piece of content that lives on other websites, um, as opposed to on Facebook, you're looking at a piece of content that is hosted on Facebook's platform. So so. Um, The key here is that it's not just any content. It's actually content that's based uh, primarily on what you're interested in. So you can tell, stumble upon what you're interested in uh, in several ways. So one, you specify what your interests are uh, when you're setting up your profile, the interests of people you follow, and what pieces of content you've given a thumbs up to uh, when you actually end up. On that website. So what a thumbs up mean means is there are two little buttons on the top of every web page when you stumble to it, and you can either say you like it or you can actually thumbs down. So you're actually telling Stumble upon's algorithm that you, they shouldn't serve that type of content to you uh, in the future. So that's that's the gist of their algorithm. And so every person's stumble upon experience is is personalized. And it allows you to curate content, it allows you to promote uh, your content, whether it's a blog posts or the other types. And uh, it allows you to connect with their community uh, in all different types of interests.
1: So what I hear you saying, and from my own experience, is that StumbleUpon is, is like almost like a service. You go to it and you say, I'm interested in these types of things, not all on like what someone might experience with Pinterest. And then when you're ready to actually, you're in that mode where you want to discover certain kinds of content, you click the button and it quote unquote serves up something it thinks you might be interested in based on, based on what other people have done with that content right and we probably should elaborate that some of the more popular content has lots of thumbs up and that's how the algorithm knows that um, you know if if these many people are interested in this type of content perhaps you also might be interested in that because you all share something in common and it's almost like a self learning thing and and it's just a great way to keep discovering popular content right
2: correct and uh, you know so I think a, a big uh, contributor to you know making content uh, go viral quote unquote is um, is really the people so allowing your content to want be easily shareable and then also allowing the content to speak to the audience so you really have to figure out on the stu- in the stumble upon platform what uh, a particular audience likes within an interest category so when people ask me you know what what they need to do to um, you know be relevant to an audience within an interest category it's really about testing uh, a lot of content in the beginning and then measuring and then learning and then um, you know iterating and creating that uh, defined set of content that does really well so
1: is stumble upon more appropriate for people in the b2b world or in the business to consumer world in your opinion
2: you know I believe that business, all business types can use the platform regardless if they are B2B or B2C. And I think it really depends on the type of content that you produce. Uh, if you produce entertaining, informative content that connects with your audience, I, I think you'll find success. So the key is, like I said before, testing, measuring, and making changes based on what you learn. Um, so.
1: What about the um, the way people use it? I mean, Stumble upon has been around for a long time. I mean, we used it to be honest with you, when we launched Social Media Examiner four years ago, we used it as part of our strategy to help kind of get the word out about our industry report that we had released. And I was looking through some of our content on Social Media Examiner. And in some cases, like we had an article that was stumbled 15,000 times. And in another case, we had one that was stumbled five times. So Mm -hmm. you know, it it seems to be kind of all over the map. But um, where I'm going with this is now, four years later, mobile has got a much bigger part in it, right? Right. So um, talk to me a little bit. Is this more of something people tend to use when they're sitting at their computer or is it more like something they're using on their mobile devices?
2: So it's an interesting question because uh, StumbleUpon just um, relaunched a new design and a new mobile app, um, which has increased its mobile stumbles by 25% over a year period. So um, what that means uh, is that, you know, mobile is obviously on their minds and, and it's a growing piece, but uh, the majority of stumble-upon activity is still primarily desktop, so over 60%. But uh, since these changes were made, um, I mean, that's roughly 40% of their activity comes from, from mobile. So, and I think but in the next couple of years, it's going to overtake desktop uh, easily. So when you're I think the key takeaway for marketers too is that um you know you probably heard about you know you have to produce mobile first content, and I think it's no different when you're trying to optimize content for stumble upon if you're thinking strategically you're thinking about uh, making this content consumable in, on mobile devices right now and then continuing to invest in that type of content in the next couple of years as stumble upon increases uh its mobile presence.
1: I did a little research, Nick, uh, on StumbleUpon and I found that Alexa ranks it as um, in the top 149 websites in the world of all websites. Mm -hmm. And Quantcast estimates 23.4 million people in the last month in the United States alone have used um, StumbleUpon. So I'm curious, do you know of any formal numbers that the company has released or is this any other? Yeah, let's hear it.
2: So... As of June 2013, this is actually when the book's book was uh, published. So, StumbleUpon For Dummies was released in the market, and this is these are the latest numbers that StumbleUpon has. So as of June 2013, they had 25 million registered users. Uh, an average user stumbles 300 times per month and spends seven hours on the platform per month. And then, lastly, they've they've indexed um, over 100 million. Plus web pages. So um, that's pretty have,
1: impressive. That's a lot of people. Very, that's a lot of people. Right. And, and what's funny is, you know, it's stumbled upon isn't exactly one of the first words that stumbles out of people's vocabulary when they think about social media, but this is not a platform that is um, small. And the fact that people are stumbling by the hundreds every month um, shows you that there are you know, literally millions of users out there. And this is probably a big untapped opportunity for a lot of marketers. Nick, do you know of any good, com- any companies that are using it well? And can you share kind of what they're doing?
2: Sure. So, uh, you know, I think two companies uh, uh, that come to mind are are primarily content publishers. Um, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a slam dunk for them um, because they produce content for a living. It's how they uh, essentially, um, pay their employees and feed their families. But so one is uh, Forbes and the other is Inc. So Forbes does a really good job, and I think this is primarily attributable to their company page. So they have a company page set up kind of like a Facebook page or an official Twitter pre- company Twitter presence, and they use that company page to acquire an audience. So these pages have followers, and they also use it as a content feed. Um, now maybe not all of their content, but they feed content that resonates with their the stumble Upon audience. And um, I'll give you an example, so SAP um, has a blogging program with Forbes and uh, my colleague Michael Brenner uh, told me this morning actually that every time he blogs, um, the majority of the shares of his blog posts on Forbes come from StumbleUpon. That this is primarily attributable to their company page. So, um, unfortunately, I think uh, so. Unfortunately, stumbleUpon actually has closed off uh, uh, access to these pages to the general public, uh, for you know, just to the general public. But for bigger brands that probably advertise or have some type of clout in the market, um, they have access to these pages. Uh, and then Inc. Uh, does a really good job of sharing different content types. So they're not just sharing their, um, you know, their text articles. They're also sharing uh, YouTube videos as well as infographics. So I think the key takeaway there from from Inc's presence on Upon is that you know don't rely on one type of content. People consume information in uh, multimedia formats.
1: What's really interesting is these are both B2B examples, right? I mean, like Forbes mm-hmm. and Inc. is targeting business people, and they're not necessarily consumer plays. So anybody who's listening on the B2B side, this is kind of exciting because this does provide an alternative that some people might not see with some of the other platforms like Pinterest or Facebook, even though even though there are examples out there. Now, one of the cool things about StumbleUpon is its ability to be a discovery engine for people to find content that they might want to share on other networks. Can you talk about how that works and, and what might be the marketing play here?
2: Sure. So there are a couple of things that you can do. Um, basically, you have, you have the stumble button. So that's just the, the button I was talking about in the beginning of the interview um, where stumble upon serves you a piece of content um, that is based on what it knows about your interests and the people that you follow. You can so once you are uh, find that piece of content, you can also share it for later. So, or I'm sorry, save it for later. So what that means is that um, there's a little button um, that shows up on the upper left side, and it's a plus sign, and you can create a list. So right now I have two lists, and uh, every any time I stumble. Uh, a piece of content, and I like it, and I want to sh- save it for later to share on other social networks. I'll click the plus sign and add it to either uh, a marketing automation list or a content marketing list. Um, so that's a that's a really good way of of curating content. And you can also do that uh, the same uh, I would say list additions by looking at other people's profiles and seeing what they've shared, uh, looking at just general interest categories. So say you want to like a piece of content within the the marketing uh, category, you can can add that piece of content to your lists. Um, Nick, let me
1: pause you there for a second. So what in the world do you do with these lists? Are they like Twitter lists or Facebook lists where you can kind of just um, look at specific strands of content or are they kind of public? And is there a marketing play there to try to get more followers or what is it? How does that work?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, lists basically uh, act as kind of uh, content banks. So they're they're pre curated uh, categories of content that that are user generated too. So you can you can make it public, and and other people can actually follow lists that you create. So there is a marketing play there where if you want to s- say um, you know for the SAP example maybe we want to create a list about uh, uh, databases or analytics. We could have two different lists and we can curate not only our own content, but other people's content about uh, databases or analytics. And then we can, we can actually uh, form a community through our, our, our content cur- curation as well.
1: Now, does Upon allow you to... Um one of the things that's going through my mind is you know at social media examiner we're always looking for great content to share mm-hmm. and it, this content that you know like for example on facebook and you know how this works if you share really popular content on facebook then your engagement goes up and it helps more people to be see your other stuff mm-hmm. so could stumble upon be used to discover content that could be shared across other networks in particular and do they facilitate or make that easy or or is it mostly just like you'll find the content then you'll have to manually figure out what to do with it
2: no so it say um you know you, you, you could probably look at at that in, a, in probably two different ways if you see a piece of content after you stumble uh stumble onto the the piece of content you can actually share it directly from uh, stumble upon so there's actually a quote um, there's there's a quote uh, symbol that you can click on that you can share it to uh, Facebook and then there's also another uh, icon that you can share to LinkedIn and Twitter directly from StumbleUpon. So they actually make it pretty seamless. You just have to make sure that you connect each of those accounts to your to your StumbleUpon account. Um, so that's that's the most direct way to do it. Um, and then the other way to do it is you can do it manually. So say you uh, find five different articles about, about databases. You can take each one of those articles from StumbleUpon and just load them up into uh, Hootsuite or TweetDeck, whatever, you know, whatever social media management yeah, platform Or you Buffer. Use. Or yeah. Buffer. Correct.
1: So that's cool. Um, so So folks, you know, if you're looking for great content to share in topical areas and you don't want to guess... What Nick is saying is that stumble upon will figure it out for you because it's not going to serve up just anything. It's going to serve up the stuff that's more popular, right, Nick? I mean, Correct. and I would imagine it's just a nice way. It's almost like the Google surprise me button, right?
2: Exactly. <laughs> you know, and yeah, it, it's a really good analogy, right?
1: It just it just brings up kind of. And I don't even know if they still have that button, but for those of us that've yeah. been around a while, that's kind of what it what it's all about. So, um, let's talk about how someone might want to. Um, uh, make it easier for people to stumble their content. So let's mm-hmm. say somebody who's listening right now is a blogger or has a blog and they want more people to stumble their content. What should they do?
2: So the easiest way to do this is to use uh, StumbleUpon widgets on their blogs or, or their their websites. Um, so they're the easiest way to make your content shareable on the StumbleUpon platform. Um, it's it basically the equivalent of a Twitter, LinkedIn or Facebook like button that you see on the majority of blogs and websites around the web. So Social Media Examiner for example has uh, you know it has a Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook uh, I'm hoping a stumble upon button. We do. Um, we do. Good. It's part good. we enable
1: it through dig dig the dig dig plugin.
2: Yep. And so that's that actually the you put the words in my mouth. Um in that people who have WordPress blogs, um it's really easy because you can actually download a plugin um, that makes it easy to implement on your blog. Um but say you want to uh you know manually manually download the code for the, for the uh, StumbleUpon widget, all you have to do is go to stumbleupon.com/badges and you have a choice of different sizes and weights and uh, after you choose your size and weight you can uh, will stumble upon and will give you a code to drop into the back end of your website so if you're tech savvy you can um, drop that code in yourself or um, if you're not as tech savvy you can just give it to your web developer and they'll do it for you and I would say that's the number one piece of advice that I give because at the end of the day stumble upon. His StumbleUpon's algorithm is looking at the variety of of profiles that are liking your content because um, it's the wisdom of the crowd. Just like uh, Google's search engine is now looking at plus ones as votes of confidence.
1: Now, um, we do not have a a StumbleUpon account or page for our company. Um, is that used against us? Should we have one? Is there some sort of a, like, for example, you know, with Facebook and Twitter, you've got the follow buttons and stuff that you can easily add to your website. Should we, should those of us that are listening also have our own stumble upon accounts? And, and if so, you know, can you do them for companies or is it mostly for people?
2: So at this point um, I, I touched on this a little bit earlier but they basically uh, when I was writing the book and um, you know just talking to the stumbled upon representatives the feature was actually closed off to the general public um, so the channels or the company pages that you see are are basically grandfathered in and then they've closed off access to the rest. Um, you know I would imagine, uh, if you're paying a certain amount in advertising, that you can get access, um, or if you have a certain amount of clout within the marketplace, you can get access to a company page. So, based on this, based on this current situation, my best advice would be um, to engage with content that other company pages within your space share. Now, granted, they're not competitors. Plus use employees' individual profiles to amplify content. So at SAP, we talk a lot about uh, employee amplification. So if you looked at your company page versus uh, especially SAP's 60,000 employees, they most likely have a greater sum of audience than just a company page. So Good good point. um, So... So it comes down to
1: enabling people in your organization. So, okay. So, so, so I guess the question that comes into my mind is, um, whether you're a big business like you guys are or a small business, it can't hurt to go ahead and set up a stumble upon account for you and use that to promote your own stuff. Or is that looked down upon by stumble upon?
2: I think it depends on how you use it and what type of content you share. So if you share, you know, generally, generally useful, entertaining content, and, uh, you're not trying to game the system, then they'll, they will not have a problem with it.
1: Gotcha. But, um, at the end of the day, you do not have to have a stumble upon account. If you've got a big enough audience that's, that's consuming your content, some of them are going to have stumbled upon accounts. And if you make it easy for them to click a button, then they may. And that's Mm -hmm. what we do at social media examiner. And at the very least, that's what you're recommending, right?
2: That's what I recommend. Correct.
1: Now, um, Are there power users? I mean, I think about Dig, right, which is really not as active as it used to be. And I I remember back in the day that um, Dig, you know, had power users. Mm -hmm. And if if you got in the good graces and they happened to share your stuff, things went crazy viral. And we see the same thing going on with Pinterest. Um, Is it the same deal going on with StumbleUpon? Are there certain power users? And if there are, how do you identify these people? What are your thoughts on that?
2: I you know that there are um it's not as black and white as Dig was or um Pinterest is but I there you know the the authority of an individual user uh is definitely a signal within um within StumbleUpon's algorithm so um based on that assumption uh I think the best uh way to find power users is really just to go follow uh, go to the follow section of the main menu on the home page yeah you'll be, you'll see a home home uh, interest and then there's a follow uh, option so go to that section uh, look for people who have one are, are really active and have liked a lot of content and I would say um, have over 500 followers so that that's um, a, a signal to me that they've they have a certain amount of influence on the platform. And the nice thing about this is StumbleUpon um, actually curates these profiles for you based on the interests that you've specified and the types of content that you've interacted with in the past. So there, it's actually, The once you get to those followers or those stumblers, um, it, they'll give you two options. So one option is recommended, and that's where they just curate all these influential Profiles for you, and then they also serve uh, you all, uh, stumble upon users. Um, and then basically, if an influential user stumbles and likes your content, um, this is a signal uh, in the stumble upon algorithm that the piece of content is quality, kind of like uh, Google Plus One. So I think your content really can take off, um, you know, once. Once you get you know one to five stumbles from pretty influential users, so I, I think again it's a it's a key factor in finding success, success in the uh, platform let's
1: talk let's talk a little strategy here let's say that I just set up a stumble upon account mm-hmm. and um, I started following some influential people um, in the end, my desire is to drive traffic to my blog. Um, what should I be doing? Uh, for example, should I be sharing lots of other people's content? Is there a certain ratio? like just kind of give us a simple plan to kind of try to build up some credibility in the stumbled upon community
2: right so uh first thing I would do is specify your 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 kind of your hot areas that you wanna focus on so hot areas meaning interest um, areas. so say um you want to focus on marketing and um social media. And- yeah, and social media. There you go. So those, that's the first thing you do. Identify the themes or interest areas that you want to um, and perform well in. And then go into each of those areas and find um, 10 influential uh, stumble-upon users within those areas. Um, start sharing their content. liking So sharing it in other networks. Um, finding out. Uh, where basically what their profiles on are on, uh, are on other networks. Um, because it's, so it's kind of an integrated approach. And then, um, this will get you on the radar on stumble upon. And, um, so the way to get on the radar on stumble upon, in addition to sharing on other networks is to comment on their stumbles. So, um, there is a little comment box uh, in the upper left of every piece of content that they share that you can leave a comment, uh, and they get a notification every time you leave a comment. So it's the same thing as at mentioning somebody on Twitter or tagging somebody on Facebook. Uh, it's um, let's say it's the classic. It's a classic tactic within uh, influencer marketing, uh, and then uh, basically. So that's the influencer, power user side of your strategy. And then the other side of it is seeding the community with content. So filling out your profile with content will allow uh, enough room for those uh, power users to share your content. Um, And I think on the platform, that's probably the best way to...
1: And stumble upons watching sure. to see whether they're sharing your content to kind of determine whether you have credibility or not, right? And then exactly. down the road, when you share a little bit of your own content, they'll probably increase the likelihood that others will stumble it, right? Correct. Awesome. That's a great. That's a great idea. Now I, I do know that stumble upon. Um, if anyone's been listening, um, Neil Schaefer or a couple episodes back was talking about how he was using great success for one of his clients with paid um, Mm -hmm. advertising and, um, tell me a little bit about their paid discovery advertising system. Do you recommend it and and how does it work? And let's talk Mm -hmm. about that a little bit.
2: So I absolutely recommend testing, uh, paid discovery. It doesn't work for everyone, but for, um, for people who, uh, produce the right type of content and, uh, choose the right type of targeting, it works. Um, so if you're allocating budget toward amplifying content, um, or just a, you know you wanting to seed the marketplace and get a and get a boost from from paid media, I, I recommend it also. So whether your goal is awareness or lead generation, I believe the system is cost efficient and has great targeting features. So uh, from a targeting perspective. Uh, You can target by age range, gender, location, all the way down to city. Um, You can target by devices such as desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and Android tablet. Uh, And then you can target by interest as well. So within the interest category, and and this is kind of where StumbleUpon has a really nice advantage is that – you know, within this uh, interest category, you can get into contextual targeting. So um, you can look at all – if you want to target all animal lovers, for example, there's an option to do that. And then say within the animal lovers category, maybe you only want to target people who like dogs or cats. You can do that as well. so that's the gist of the targeting. How does then, it work? Let's
1: just explain mm-hmm. that to people.
2: So basically, what happens when you uh, when you use paid discovery is that uh, you submit. It's basically like submitting a piece of content uh, the normal way, but you're just uh, boosting that piece of content. So say you go on the homepage of uh, StumbleUpon.com. You will see um, certain basically you'll see certain widgets that contain paid content, Um, and uh, basically marketers pay to have a higher um, higher visibility within your homepage as well as uh, be stumbled or the stumble inventory more often. So. Uh, to put it into context. So say you hit the stumble button, some of that content can be is paid to be put in front of uh, organic content. So they have an inventory of um, roughly 10% of their stumbles are through their paid discovery system. So it's just an enhanced way to get your content out there.
1: Now, it's my understanding that um, if I chose to pay for some content and someone shared that content... Mm-hmm. As a result of it, that I don't necessarily get charged for those shares. Is that correct? not.
2: Yeah, you do not, which is a, I think that's uh, one of the benefits of this, uh, of this pro or this product or program and that you only pay for the people that actually go to your website. Um, but you don't, you don't pay for that uh, quote unquote engagement. So shares or likes or, um, or comments, you don't pay for any of that. It's only if it's only... Per visitor to so, actually see your content. So, what's the
1: marketing use case for this? Like, uh, you know, what kind of like? Give us an example of, of when it might make sense to do something like this, and maybe how much it might cost.
2: Sure. So, uh, marketing use case would be: say you primarily uh, generate leads um, at uh, through a call to action at the bottom of your blog post, or maybe you just generate leads through a pop up form on your blog. Um, you pay. Uh, 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 roughly $0.10 to $0.30 per visit to get that blog post in front of uh, an audience that either has never seen your content before or um, just a more targeted audience that might have seen your content before. So um, 10 to $0.30 per visit uh, versus other channels is is a pretty good deal. So if you think about a cost per click on Google, it's like, you know, it could be all the way up to ten dollars for some industries, or um, you know, I think two dollars to, to four dollars is kind of the norm at this point. And if you do a good job of optimizing your your blog post to to generate leads, that's a, that's a pretty low cost per lead. Um and then the nice thing that I like is that you can specify your goal, so uh your your traffic goal. So you um Say you want 500 visitors uh, in a day to your to one blog post. Based on that visitor goal, it'll give you a suggested uh, budget to spend. And this is all uh, – it has a completely automated system in the back end.
1: That's awesome. So, what would that, would that cost? Five bucks or am I doing my math wrong? Or is that 50 bucks? Something like that.
2: So, yeah. So, say I, I believe um, because I, I've done a paid discovery campaign before. So, I spent – a uh, hundred dollars and that produced roughly a uh, thousand visits uh, surprisingly. So the reason why um, I only paid a hundred dollars and uh, I got a thousand visits was because of the shares. So once people share the content, that actually uh, does not count toward the additional visits. So.
1: And then once Uh, you drive people to your site, they might choose to share content also from whatever social share buttons you have on your site on other networks as well, right? Which could bring in more traffic. Exactly. That's awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, Nick, we have covered a lot of ground and there's clearly a lot of awesome things that you can do with StumbleUpon. And I know we're not using it to its fullest over here at Social Media Examiner. And I'm guessing a lot of people um, that are listening to this podcast probably haven't fathomed StumbleUpon. So... Um, thank you so much for sharing your insight. Where can people discover your book, Stumble Upon for Dummies, and you? Where would you want to send them?
2: So you can you can learn more about uh, Stumble Upon for Dummies um, at uh, basically search for Stumble Upon for Dummies on Amazon.com, and more currently uh, available at uh, Barnes and Noble, and. Um, also, uh, I just wanted to mention that my, my co-writer, Steve Olensky he has his own website, steveolensky.com, And I, I blog uh, at marketingcuriosity.com as well.
1: Awesome, Nick. Nick, thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to talk about StumbleUpon. And uh, I really appreciate it. I know a lot of people are probably going to start experimenting with it now as a result of this interview. I thank you so much.
2: I really appreciate it, Mike. I uh, hope to talk to you soon.
1: Well, I hope you found a lot of value with this stumble upon interview. You know, stumble upon is one of those networks that I think a lot of people overlook, and my hope is that maybe you'll be inspired to experiment with it. Now, if there's anything that we mentioned during this podcast that you missed, we've taken detailed show notes for you, and you can get them at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 6868. And you can also leave comments there and we're going to be happy to engage with you there. Also want to remind you, Social Media Marketing World 2014, as we talked about earlier in the show, is coming up and tickets are discounted. You can check it out at socialmediaworld14.com. Also, if you've been a regular listener to the podcast, I would love it if you would consider visiting either iTunes or Stitcher and leaving us a rating and a review. And if you're new to the podcast, I would love it if you would subscribe. Uh, in iTunes, it's very easy. And in Stitcher, it's very easy as well. Uh, and as far as leaving ratings and reviews, for iTunes folks, socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. And for Stitcher Radio folks, it's socialmediaexaminer.com slash Stitcher. Well, this does bring us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world.
0: The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.